Brunchsters. Uh, <laughs> is that our new name for them? I Apparently, guess. that's that's our new that's unofficial title for our listeners. That's what we're calling them. Yeah, it's a working title. Our Brunchsters. Thanks for tuning in for another episode. Uh, we're we're like uh, wrapping up our brunch mm-hmm. as as we speak. Um, here in a different location, different studio than studio our typical. Two. This is Studio Two, um, here up in Rogers, Arkansas. Yep, just down the road. I guess up the road. Up the road from where I live, in Fayetteville, here at Ben Hamin Ledbetter's house. I told you when I picked up lunch for us at Chick uh, Chick Fil A that the lady, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when you put the order in, she came. I said Ben Hamin. <laughs> it took me a second one because I was expecting her to say my name, but of course she put the order in. So. Of course. Um, so it was like double layered surprised. It was, I expected Peter and instead of getting Benjamin, I got Ben Hamin. And so I like paused for a second and then, yeah, yeah so yeah, that's me. That's sure. Um, incredible. So we're, um, Ben, thanks for, uh, you made some, what you make for us tonight? So yeah. Tonight we've got some, um, gluten-free toast, mm-hmm. uh, under butter, which is <laughs> under jelly. You got some. You got some just toast that's resting underneath a nice layer of butter. Yeah, that's been <laughs> resting underneath a nice layer of jelly. Yeah. Um, and the, that's... the word under isn't is it, the word under is underutilized when it comes to uh-huh. food. We're always talking about something on top of. Yeah. yeah. Instead over. of your jam on butter on toast, it's yeah. butter or bread under butter under jam. Yeah. So strawberry jam. Um, yeah. And then we did some pan cooked bacon because oven cooked bacon is not good really Wait, hot take qu- like quality wise uh i just like, don't like it yeah like your your yeah, experience my personal opinion if it's bacon in an oven might as well throw it in the trash yeah as you were like mid-sentence telling me about or saying whatever you're saying about like oven bacon i was expecting you to say some sort of it's just not good for i don't know like nope <laughs> just bad the environment or something and uh, just just your experience of it has not been good. Yeah, everyone, it's it's people talk a mad game about their oven bacon. Isn't there like the benefit would be though that you don't have open air um, fumes, bacon fumes, right? That would be the pro of cooking your your bacon in the oven. Everyone right? just says it tastes good, right? And then it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Not you and me. Not nighttime, me. nighttime Not brunch you. episode. <laughs> then random side thought: Do mm-hmm. you think that every now and then, since we uh, at least supposedly. Um, are eating brunch during every episode. Mm-hmm. Sometimes typically we're actually before. eating. Typically before, but if uh, sometimes we're actually eating during. Do you think that maybe we should like uh, work in some little sound bites of like of like like utensils uh, clinking Absolutely against plates, not. just a little Absolutely background noise. I thought like... I thought about that because <laughs> munching on food. Oh, that is that is the sound. That's the one right there. Uh, oh, just that that toast. Yeah. Oh, crunch. <sighs> Crunch. No. Crunch. Uh, so, I mean, in, in, the, in the making, the birthing of this podcast, that was the one thing where I was like, I will not, I will do all that I can to make sure that. We're done eating beforehand. Yes, I'm, exactly. I'm totally fine with that. Um, then what are we actually here to talk about today? Um, today, oh, I didn't finish all breakfast. Real quick, had oh, some bacon. On, sorry. Had yeah. some eggs. Um, I think that was it. Oh, and then Ultima, shout out to our sponsor today, Ultima. Thank you so much for uh, providing us. Uh, when I say providing, I mean I'm purchasing <laughs> a bottle of Ultima. Thank you for allowing me to be a customer yeah, and purchase you. your, your product. <laughs> but it's really good. It's a blue raspberry. If you haven't had it, it's a great way to sugar-freely rehydrate yourself. Sugar-freely. Mm-hmm. I love it. Shout out to Ultima. 
Gosh. Ah, uh, that sound. That right there. The, the landing of the yeah. cup on the... Yeah, it's the worst. Yeah. Um, now, what we are really talk- here to talk about is, I think we decided, the romanticism or the romanticizedness, I don't know. Romanticizedness, I think, mm-hmm. would be the, the yeah. medical term. R- romanticizedness-dingly uh-huh. um, is how, how that is intertwined into our running. What is the romanticized passion that we have for our running yeah um and then how does that then intertwine when we don't necessarily love running when not when we don't love running but it's when we don't like to run Mm -hmm. because i think that would be a big baseline definition of at least my um experience with running i as a broad brush stroke here um have always since i've started running i have always loved to run and i've loved everything about running um, that doesn't mean that I've always liked to run. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a good definition of also like in a workout where you there's a line between hurting and being injured. Mm-hmm. Um, and this would be the same line of, or a similar line of I've always, I always love running. Yeah. Even when in my break post-collegiately, I still followed track and field, still followed teammates, um, cross country, all that stuff because I loved running, but that I just didn't like to yeah. run at the time yeah so yeah and I've, I feel like I've found myself in recent years uh, as people have you know asked me about running versus cycling because I'm doing both of those quite a bit um, and and in recent years I've been cycling a lot more and people ask me kind of which one I like more and I, my response recently has been that currently cycling is so much more fun uh, but running will always be more romantic to me mm. and we get to unpack you know what yeah. I mean by romantic when it comes to running, and so um, yeah, there's there's something about running that will always just like stir my heart more than cycling does, and yet cycling it currently is just this like it's just a more of a party, and uh, most of that is influenced by the injuries that have kept me from getting to enjoy running as much. Hmm. Um, that's the liking of running, so I haven't liked running as much, but um, for sure the love has still been there. So, let's talk about it. Cool. Um, I mean, I guess I'll just kind of kick us off of, for me, I guess the most consistent thing, or not even the most consistent thing, but just the thing that I love about running is that it's beautiful. Um, There is something that I thoroughly enjoy seeing the human body run in a very basic way. Um, Whether that's, Usain Bolt at the Olympics or Galen Rupp running the marathon or some high school kid running his first high school race or someone that I'm, I'm driving down the road and I see you on your run because you've got your headphones in, you're listening to the running branch yeah. and you think that everyone's judging you as you drive by. I'm thinking that's amazing. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what it is, but there, it's almost like a... Like, I get some kind of chemical release when I see... Really, I think it's just some kind of joy chemical. Yeah. Um, is that dopamine? Is that the... It's not... Endorphins are the pain thing. Pain blockers? Yeah, or something like that. That's why the endorphin line from Stockton is called that. I don't know. Maybe it's a dopamine but dopamine hit. I'm not yeah. sure. But there's just something that I see someone running. I think it's... is it, uh, That's not serotonin, is Ooh, it? Ooh, it might be serotonin. Maybe. I don't know. Because I feel like serotonin is somehow connect is is related to a connection between individuals. Mm. Is that true? I have no idea. 
Well, we'll, uh, we'll do some research. Do some research and we'll come back to it. But yeah, I just, there is something beautiful about when someone is running. It doesn't even have to be like beautiful running form. Like it doesn't have to be perfect, but just the human body in running motion, I think is incredible. Um, and that's always just something that I've found. Um, so would you say that, um, you know, even as you're watching, uh, someone running real slowly, your, your example was like a high schooler with headphones in that doesn't look super in shape or whatever. Was that the example? Or like first person, I kind of, that was kind of a mix of two, but first high, like high school running their first race, gangly. Yeah. Kid who's growing through growth spurt, doesn't know his own legs from his arms. Yeah. Um, or the person who is couch to 5k out for their yeah. morning run or whatever it is. Yeah. So yeah. even if it's not Usain Bolt, David Radisha, Galen Rupp, you know, all the way down to the high schooler running their first race right. at couch to 5k or whatever, like the, you can relate to the pain that they're feeling because there's the pain mm-hmm. is similar. Right. Even if like the, uh, even if the speed is completely different. Uh, and so like probably that triggers something in your brain of connection with that individual that makes you go, oh, I love that because like there are times that I'm driving the road and I see someone with like just terrible that uh, like most days uh, that I drive to work on, on Greg Street or Greg Boulevard, mm-hmm. whatever, there in Fayetteville and there's a guy running every time and uh, slightly, you know, overweight and... And yet, like, my initial, my brain tells me initially, like, that guy doesn't look athletic and whatever. And then I quickly remember, but he's out there running, and mm-hmm. that's awesome. And I love that, like, I love that he can get out and just run. And so immediately I go, he knows how I feel when I run, and I know how he feels when, when he runs because we're experiencing very similar pains. Right. Which right. is just so cool. There's a, there's a saying that's, I never get it perfectly right, but it's... um that running doesn't get easier you just learn to do it longer um so like when you first starting when you first start to run and you learn like oh i need to do two minutes on one minute walking whatever it is the pain that you feel during those two minutes is essentially the same pain that you're going to be feeling as galen rep or not i don't know why i keep going back to galen He's yeah forget galen, forget galen rep give us a different name cool cole hawker yeah ollie whore whoever <laughs> Ben Ledbetter, who's that guy? I don't know. Um, but just that that pain is the same um, because your body is just at a different fitness level. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, that doesn't take away the pain that you're feeling when you're not that fit. Um, so yeah, you don't running doesn't get easier. You just learn to run longer. Uh, did a little bit of research. Mm-hmm. Uh, we might be thinking of oxytocin. We're talking about like the chemical in your brain as you see someone else running, regardless of their speed. Um, oxytocin being the chemical of love, um, I'd have to do a little bit more research. Um, but as we, as we're looking at these, like, uh, I mean, I definitely, I definitely think that would be it because I do love running and I do have that connection with that person, but it's a, um, it's not a, I get, I understand you connection. It's a, the, the physicality of running is what really gets me going well, well, that sounds weird as i'm looking at just kind of like there's there these happy chemicals in our mm. bodies we got okay. en- endorphins the pain masking chemical dopamine the goal achieving chemical serotonin the leadership chemical and oxytocin the chemical of love all right it's probably that one then um none of the other ones sound right so uh yeah. let's unpack that a little bit more as uh some other time um, yeah totally but there's a lot of good running 
things that are all wrapped up. Like chemically based? Uh-huh. Yeah. Really everything you said, I think, has some kind of connection to running, but we can get into that another day. Yeah, a whole other episode about just kind of the, the runner's high, mm-hmm. uh, which is, is less of this magical thing than it is this chemical thing. Right. Uh, that's at least is maybe a concoction of those four things right there. Um, yep. So, um, so you were just saying like the, the romantic uh, element of just watching someone else run. Right. Um, do you feel romantic about like feeling yourself run? Like you're not, you, yeah. you may, may not have footage that allows you to watch yourself run. I definitely look at my shadow a lot when there's certain angle from the sun. Sure. And, yeah. But then there are certain angles that I hate looking at myself running because the shadow doesn't make me look good. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, well, there's for sure a shadow near the end of the day when the, when the sun's coming from behind me and I look like an eight-foot-tall person. I'm like, shoot, wow, I'm, I'm massive. <laughs> yeah, there's. it's funny. There's uh, the, the last mile that we ran down today, mm-hmm. there's a fence that's on your left. Mm-hmm. And the sun, uh, when I'm running, typically is coming from, obviously, the west. So it's coming over my right shoulder. Mm-hmm. And my silhouette almost hits that fence perfectly. And mm-hmm. so I get to, I have like 1,200 meters of yeah. pure enjoyment. Yeah, just watching yourself. Just watching my stride. Yeah. And it's just uh, something about it. Yeah. Um, well, I think about like just first thing that I my mind goes to when it comes to like romanticizing running is just like the simplicity of it we were talking about this earlier just like compared to almost any other sport the only other sport that i can think that is just as simple is wrestling but obviously in wrestling you need another human being there in order to wrestle and so even at that you still need something else where in running uh, you don't even have to have running shoes on right you don't even necessarily have to be wearing running shorts as a guy, I mean, like you could feasibly, if if you were able to remain in the legal realm, uh, be far off in in uh, the middle of nowhere, and and only need your body uh, in order to to engage in the sport of running. Right? right. I grew up playing so many other sports, and so I'm not um, uh, I'm not ignorant when it comes to other sports. I mean, I absolutely love basketball, football, soccer. Right. And sure, you can go out and you can shoot hoops, or you can go, you can put a ball on a tee and swing at it, or you can yeah. throw a ball against a fence, whatever. Yeah. And I can do all those by myself, but all those require some equipment. Right. Oh, yeah. 100%. And I was going to say, but you're never, like, truly playing the sport Mm -hmm. without someone else. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's all, like you said, the equipment that comes along with needing to be able to play that sport. Yeah. And so one, just like the the sweetness of uh, very little required for the sport, which is at least makes it feel more pure. Right. Um. And also allows it to be, um, yeah, just the, the purity of competition, the purity yeah. of will to be faster than someone else, uh, faster and uh, longer enduring than the person you're racing next to. And if you're not, if you're all by yourself, then the the competing against your own desire to not hurt as much, like that's that's awesome right um, and even as you get into running half marathons 5ks whatever it is like as you start your racing career as an adult most of it isn't most of us aren't going to be going out and winning races mm-hmm. most of it's going to be i need to go beat my time like sure you can chase someone down yeah uh, in the last 150 but you're not truly I, I maybe you aren't truly racing maybe that's how you the mentally that's how you plan it but i know that like typically even now i go to major races and i'm Focus on beating my time, mm-hmm. not necessarily racing for the win. Yeah, you know, 
Um, and yeah, so it's just sweet, just like the, the opportunity for success um, that's not contingent upon beating some sort of opponent. Right. Now, obviously, when it comes to like competing as a collegiate athlete or a professional athlete. Or uh, high school athlete, whatever it is. Yeah, there's, there's for sure something... Uh, <clears throat> Something in the realm of we're supposed to or need to beat these opponents, but even in that, I mean, like you might you might be a JV, uh, you know, first year JV runner at whatever high school, and it's inevitable that you're gonna finish last in the race. And uh, what's awesome about this sport is like you not only can celebrate yourself, but you're probably also gonna have teammates celebrate you uh, simply because you're trying your hardest and and especially when you like get a new personal best uh like you're gonna get celebrated real hard even though you're coming in and crossing the finish line last in the jv race exactly and that's beautiful to me yep um and so like i think there's there's uh, a reason why you see programs like uh what's that high school in in illinois york uh, have you ever watched that documentary, The Long Green Line? Oh, no. Ooh, it's another one that people said, Ben, you got to watch this. How about this? Then I'm just not going to oversell it. It's, you know, maybe it's worth your time. It's, you know, whatever. Don't worry okay. about it. Now, I've seen The Green Mile. Uh, it's about the same. So, okay. yeah. Tom oh, Hanks. Man, it's a <laughs> Tom Hanks makes a couple appearances in The Long Green Line as well. <laughs> races a couple of the 5Ks. It's pretty great. Uh, you should give it a shot. Okay. Uh, it's cool. it's absolutely beautiful. It makes me want to be a better coach as I watch mm. uh, Coach Newton, I think is his name. And like he, the way he knows his hundreds and hundreds of athletes, mm. knows each of them, like ends every practice by shaking every single athlete's hand before they leave that. the track. And so yeah. just like um, uh, got on that because like throughout the documentary, you get introduced to not only their sub 15 5k runners uh and you also get introduced to uh the kid that didn't make it on the football team because he wasn't athletic enough and right. now he's being celebrated and finding like a place on a team because some uh, just a coach decided to allow him to come and work hard and he's being celebrated by teammates like right. like that's that's romantic right there yeah um, that's awesome so the simplicity of the sport that allows anyone and everyone to engage with it uh, regardless of time or experience, and all like that, yeah. that gets me. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, how do you think, or how does your romantic view of running play into running when you only like it or you're not liking it, um, and you are either training or, and it could be when you're in college and you were not liking running, um, but you still had that that passion, that romantic view of it. Um, how did the romantic view of running play into yeah. your desire to train? Yeah, I guess like so. You're asking how my romantic relationship with running can help me to not give up when I don't like it, or just how does it influence? So you have to be not help you give up. Yeah. Like how how does that? Yeah. Well, I guess like uh, maybe this answers the question. I think sometimes I will purposefully before I go on a run or uh, do a workout, I'll put on. Um, uh, maybe like a workout Wednesday by Flow Track, uh, or what is it? Uh, what's the um, what's the other YouTube channel? Sweat Elite. Sweat Elite. Our other sponsor today, uh, Sweat Elite. Check them out. <laughs> Sweat Elite. Um, there are times that I'll put on a video of theirs, and that will like somehow just get me in a zone of 
of you know, just wanting to run more than I wanted to beforehand. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I think there's probably once again, since it is such a simple sport, it's watching someone else hurt. Mm. That makes me go, okay, yeah, let's go hurt. Um, so that, that, that at least yeah. that's the, the first answer that comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, your that, that just gave me like a flashback. Um, when I was in high school, that I, I think it every so often gets taken down from YouTube where I can't find it. Um, but there is a YouTube video back when video editing was terrible. <laughs> of some guy put together a compilation of people running and it's professionals, random people, and, and it's titled Why, it's, I think it's either Why We Run or Why Do We Run? And it's just got this like almost Christmas-esque style choir singing in the background. But it's got like uh, different compilations of people running in different conditions or epicness or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that video is probably what set me off on my What Makes Running Beautiful. Wow. Um, you said you watched this first win? Uh, let's see, it would have been ninth or 10th grade of high school. Probably wow. 10th grade of high school. So this cool. was 2010. Yeah. Um, man, 12 years ago. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll dig up the video and I'll put it in the show notes. It is still a video that to this day I will go and I will scour the internet trying to find it because wow. there, it stirs up yeah, something yeah. in me. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. And so thinking about the, the video thing of, yeah, I, I will also go and just find a good race or, yeah. man, there's nothing that beats David Rudisha's 800 at the 2012 Olympics. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, or in like the story that Nick Simmons tells about it is that like in the call room waiting to go out on the track, David Rudisha told everyone to be quiet and said, go either you can go with me or you're going to be left behind. <laughs> oh my and, goodness. Yeah. And, and he, and everyone was like, what is this guy talking about? And so Nick Simmons asked him and he said, what do you mean? He's like, I'm going out in 49 and I'm coming back in 49. And, and, Nick was like, okay, that's really good to know. And, and I, if I remember correctly, Nick Simmons did what he always does, which is... Sit and kick. Sit and kick. Yeah. And Where did Simmons end in that race? Uh, I think he ended up fifth, running okay. a PB of like 143 or yeah. 142 or Ridic- something like that. It's ridiculous that that doesn't win you a race. Right. I know. And you stay and you get fifth. Yeah. Yeah, insane. Um, and that's exactly what David did. And so just... The mindset going into, like, you don't even hear that on the broadcast. NBC doesn't talk about it. Yeah. But just knowing that stepping up to the line, David Rudisha has this huge, just, confidence about him. Yeah. And the gun goes off, he does exactly that. And there's something that just gives me chills. Yeah, about well, And even just, like, the... <laughs> what a great uh, intimidation factor, like, before you even get to the line. <laughs> just everyone already knew that Rudisha was fast probably before they go out there and knew he was the, the favorite. But for him to just also, like, demoralize his <laughs> opponents before they tow the line. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, what a, and, and then to actually deliver on it, too, is incredible. Right, right. So, yeah. I, I, I think about uh, kind of going back earlier to, like, the shared pain and understood similar pain. Uh, and once again, I like, get since it's such a simple sport of... Uh, how much is are you willing to hurt mm. in order to accomplish whatever the necessary goal is or whatever the team goal is, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so I think, like, there have been times where um, watching teammates or other friends uh, choose to hurt more, work harder, that then, like, just triggers this um, 
if it was a teammate is like, hey, we're in this together. And so I'm going to, I'm not going to let you down by uh, giving into pain and thus like slowing down because I don't want to hurt more. And so I think even just mid-race sort of scenario where like a John Martinez at Cedarville University in Ohio, um, you know, came up alongside me in the middle of like our race at the end of the season. And as I like fell off his pace, he like screamed at me to tell me to get back on his side. And so just the, the mid race, I don't want to hurt more, but because of miles and miles and, you know, countless practices with a teammate and waking up early, the, like the connection and the camaraderie of like just team teamship that gets you to go to a level that you wouldn't do on your own is like, right. that's, that's also beautiful. Yeah. That's awesome. I think there's, I mean, there's a reason why Evan and Brooke had so many people show up at their wedding. Oh yeah. And I'm sure if we all played basketball together, We'd maybe, maybe the same number of people would be there again, but like, I would guess that a chunk of us were there primarily because of the sweetness of Evan and Brooke, but also we had these shared years of enduring pain. So many miles and so much pain. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think that's spot on. 100%. Um, I know for me, there's a... Oh, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. Just... So for me, a big part of the when running gets hard um, specifically comes back to when I don't want to run, but running has always kind of been there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the it's like the book, The Giving Tree, for me. Mm-hmm. My giving tree is running. Um, I can take it. And, and it always gives back and always gives love. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I can go off and I can go get married or I can chop it down or mm-hmm. I can <clears throat> whatever it is. But it is, there's, even when I don't like to run, there's always safety in running for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I don't know if that's quite the same thing, but yeah, I, I, I get really attached. I've always kind of just been attached to the ability to be I'm upset, I'm angry, whatever, that classic just um, Kevin Bacon or uh, Hot Rod, Rod. Rod <laughs> running through the, through the forest. Um, Doing gymnastics, gymnastics on bars in a barn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but just being able to like, I hate you. What does he say before he runs the door? <laughs> You're the devil. <laughs> then he slams the door and he breaks the window. I'm um, genuinely sorry about the window. <laughs> um, but just being able to go out there and be like, okay, I'm just going to go on a run and I can feel, I can get calm. I can think, I can whatever. Yeah. Um, or when it's happy and I just have a lot of something to get out, I could go run. Yeah. Or I'm back when I wasn't married and I was dating a person and I got broken up with or I was, you know, I had to go break up with someone or I was going through whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um Running was always a great space to be able to process those emotions. Um, Were there have been there been a lot of instances where you make a conscious decision? I need to go on a run right now to deal with the emotions that I'm feeling with. Whether I, I whether I'm specifically going to try to process on the run or if purely knowing that the run is going to do something 
healthy for my body. Right. Definitely subconsciously that has happened. I don't know if there's been, I think there have been times where like, I need to go run. Yeah. So I got to think about it. But mostly it's, I don't know what to do. I am just going to go run. Yeah. Like it's almost, um, I guess, it, I don't want to say, like, cause I don't know if it, I don't like throwing around the term of, oh, I'm having a panic attack or I'm having an anxiety attack. But it's just yeah. like, when I get overstimulated, overwhelmed, my body's natural reaction is, I need to go run. Mm-hmm. Um, and that then allows me to process or not process and just totally tune out. Yeah. and detach from whatever it is, which can be healthy and can be unhealthy, yeah. depending on what's going on. Um, but that that ability to always know that running has open arms, even when I haven't done it for years um, and I want to get back into it, it is always welcoming. And yeah. I always love the metaphorical or symbolic embrace that running gives me. Oh, and yeah. it just feels nice and safe and cozy. Yeah. Um, so, not quite the same because there are times where I don't like to run and I'm like I don't like you right now <laughs> but running is still there and he says that's fine you it's can okay. go 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 out with whoever yeah. I'm mainly just thinking of the giving tree like when he chops down to build a boat mm-hmm. and then he comes back and he's like I just need no stump and he's like well I got a stump yeah. that's you took everything else from me <laughs> and that's what running says to me every time I come back to yeah. it yeah running sounds like sometimes it gets kind of bitter with you no no <laughs> no it's always loving though yeah yeah well, you took everything else from me, but at least I still have this. Yeah. Would you say that, because you're relatively fit right now? Well, I would say relatively. You're relatively yeah. fit right now? Yeah. Because yeah. you've been running much more consistently, and mm-hmm. you've been adding more distance, and and now adding, maybe not necessarily speed, but for sure some strength training that's strength functioning stuff. as Definitely. speed with hills and right. whatnot. Uh, are you able to point at how, because of this recent consistency and hard work, how running is uh, helping anything like just emotionally or just are you able to see how, oh actually I've been a lot more either integrated in life or mm. um, uh, leveled out in right. what typically would be maybe more of a potentially like roller coaster moments of life yeah I definitely think there I can more tell a difference when my training gets interrupted Mm-hmm. that life becomes a lot more hectic. Um, Since you've been in a consistent yes, training yeah. program when you can't do it someday or two days. Right. Yeah, yeah everything kind of just kind of gets thrown for a loop in my body, both physically, like I definitely, like I didn't run as much as I wanted to this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my body was very anxious. I had to, I woke up at like, what is it, 2 a.m. and ran on the treadmill <laughs> because my legs wouldn't go to bed. Yeah, um, I told you that I got like a notification yeah. <laughs> on Strava at 3-something. I was like, what is he doing running? <laughs> um, so that was fun. Um, but it's, it's just the, the craziness of life, but the simplicity and consistency of running yeah. helps put things. And I'm, I'm honestly a lot more organized and like in tune with everything that's going on because I have to schedule around my runs. Yeah. Um, so Tori and I, my wife and I can communicate a lot more clearly about what do we have this week? Well, I need to know because I have a workout on Wednesday and I have a long run on Saturday and I need to make sure that I can at least get those things in and then I need to be able to run sometime and X, Y, Z. Then that allows us to then communicate, okay, well on Thursday, we're going to see my parents. On Tuesday, we have dinner with so-and-so. Like, great, that means I need to be running in the morning, I need to be running in the evening here. Um, and, it, and it's honestly when I don't plan those things is when life gets crazy because then I get anxious that I'm missing my run or Tori gets upset that I'm not doing 
our plans, which is great because I it's not that I would prioritize running. It's just that I would rather have a plan for my running. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that helps our relationship. And so, yeah, I think it's the almost when we don't, when I don't run is when problems come up. And when I do run, it's a lot more safe and consistent. Yeah. Yeah, I think about how um, running has been probably more so uh, subconsciously as opposed to this planned out intentional pursuit. Uh, it has been a sweet aid in recovering from addictions and as far as just like a healthy way to um, regain control over just uh, whether it's just chemicals in the body or just uh, a healthy way to uh, get a get a grasp on emotions and how I'm feeling whether it's the run helps level out emotions or the run provides a moment for me to uh, process the day and consider why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling um, running's running's been a, a sweet uh, sweet aid in that in that realm um, and then you know I we I don't think we've really dove too far deeply into this direction but but um, you know I I've got a just a faith in, in Jesus and so there's just like a that's where I land in life and I believe that uh, that running has been like there's some really cool correlations to what I believe in my walk with Jesus uh, that correlates in just like the the pursuit of running and so like there's there's even there's like endless uh, romanticism in that realm uh, that uh, that I can pull truths about just the sport of endurance running and and my my, my faith that I live out uh, mm-hmm. so I don't I don't know uh, you know I'm sure and hopefully we have hopefully we have listeners that have uh, all sorts of different beliefs so this this isn't a, a platform to try to preach at people but uh but whatever your your beliefs are i would guess that running has probably been a a cool place uh that you can draw correlations and similarities between whatever is uh your belief system and uh and how you engage with running and, and so there's countless and endless um metaphors uh that running uh provides that encourage me in what I'm passionate about faith-wise as well. Right. Um, we could dive into deep, deep waters there <laughs> if we wanted to. Um, so, I, yeah, that that stirs me quite a bit there too. Yeah. Um, Peter, do we want to do an, an interval session? Just a quick back and forth. Yeah, let's do it. It can be whatever. Mm-hmm. I have nothing in mind yeah. specifically right now. They're going to be off the cuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one. Okay. Ben, have you ever shaved your legs for running? Oh, consistently. And it, why? Was it functional or purely cosmetic? It started uh, as a district tradition. Okay. So we would have districts in high school, mm-hmm. and uh, the older guys my freshman year would shave their legs for districts mm-hmm. because fast people shave their legs. Yeah. And so then when I became the team captain my junior year, it was, well, boys, yeah, we shave our legs for districts, which we did it sophomore year as well, but um, I wasn't the motivator behind it. So mm-hmm. junior and senior year, and it wasn't, we didn't we didn't force anyone who didn't want to shave their legs not to shave their legs. Yeah. It was, hey, this is the expectation. I'm shaving my legs. I brought razors. Who else is doing this with me? 
and it was um, a. <laughs> and my guess is that you brought razors, but not trimmers, and so you had thick leg hair, <laughs> and you had to whack your way through, like like through a forest with we, these razors. We probably each went through four razors because it was two razors per, like two blades. Yeah, so it was it was no I no yeah I, I was didn't spur just double double blades yeah um and I think we went through I guess it was two on each portion of the leg so I guess we were each going uh, through eight and I thankfully bought like the big fifty pack from uh, Costco golly. and so and it was just just because they would just get tangled up yeah. and eventually countless nicks yeah oh no actually we did pretty good really I have a couple scars but still that's yeah. amazing um uh-huh. but over time you get you get pretty good but it slowly turned into. Okay, conference in college, I'll shave my legs. Yeah. Um, and then recently, actually, I think it was a couple of years ago, you told me, I asked you, like, oh, Pete, did you shave your legs? Oh, you have a race coming up? And yeah. you're like, no, I'm just cycling a lot. And I had some motivator for me to get out the door because when people ask me, like, you oh, you shave your legs? legs? And you're like, yeah, because I cycle. And it's like, I kind of want to do that for running. And so yeah. it slowly just kind of turned into a thing. And now my legs look amazing <laughs> when, and that's always been the case. That your legs have always looked amazing? Always looked amazing while shaved. Oh, yeah. There's something about it. Yeah. But now well, you, have, you don't have hair. You don't have these hairs in the way of seeing the toned Small muscles. Small muscle and, details. And it's hard to not get at least a little bit vain as a runner that you uh, you like the way your legs look, yeah. look when, you're, uh, when you're fit. So The bummer is Tori does not like my shaved legs. So. She matters quite a bit in your life. I know. But, so every so often I'll let them grow out for a little bit. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. You still like these bad boys. Yeah. And then I trim the forest. Yep. Um, Peter, do you shave your legs? I do shave my legs. Uh, started it uh, mostly for cycling because when you wreck and you land on asphalt, uh, it's really hard to get road rash out of your legs. When you say road rash, you mean like actual pieces of gravel. Yeah. Yeah. You get, you get a gravel. I still have some... Uh, small black streaks on my right hip from coming down uh, the roads from Red Rocks Amphitheater in mm. Denver or Morrison, Colorado. Uh, shout out to Sam Dannenbring, oh, wow. uh, who I was on a ride with that day. He was a lot more uh, skilled descending uh, mm. hills than I was and uh, was able to avoid the wet uh, paint stripe in the middle of the road. And I hit that and slid about 50 feet. Do you think your tire track is still there? From uh, I sure hope so. And if it's not, I'm going to go make sure that a new one is, is placed there. Uh, so, but I would also in college, uh, it was kind of my pre-race routine. Mm-hmm. The night before, I would shave my legs, and uh, and then I would uh, with Sharpie write uh, different you know mantras and uh, whatever's on my my legs just to uh, get myself in race race mode that you could read while you're running. Yeah, and that's you, that's why I ran a lot slower than I should have, is because I would stop and be like, "What was it that I needed just to?" Run? You know, and so, uh, no, I, just like anything, uh, most pre-race routines, uh, just to get yourself okay. Tonight is different, and mm-hmm. not to psych myself up too much, but just like tonight's different. It's it's the night before a race, yep. and uh, and you can do things that get yourself in uh, race mode mindset. And those were some of the things I did. So yeah, yeah, man. Uh, separate question do you have brand loyalty yeah uh, yeah I'm straight up a Nike guy and unashamedly because their products just look cool Mm. Um, and I've yet to uh, personally find anything uh, um, structurally unsound for my needs Mm -hmm. Um, and even as I'm like starting to go to PT and uh, figuring out what my calves and my Achilles need in order to uh, remain healthy, I, I think that 
there was like a fear that my PT was going to say, well, mm-hmm. we need to put you in some whatevers instead. And, uh, and it didn't, it, it seemed like the, the issue was more so the drop from heel to toe. Yep. Um, and also how I'm striking the ground with my foot. And so, uh, I just, I like the way Nike looks and, uh, there's something just cool about the, the brand. And so, uh, I wear a lot of Nike and, yeah. and I've also been, uh, uh, I've always been pretty strict on, even when I've owned some Adidas stuff as well or other brands, um, I I feel like it's almost sacrilegious to mix brands. Cross brand. To cross brand wear. Cross brand tandemate. Cross brand tandemate, I think yeah. so. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so you, like, to wear a pair of Adidas socks with Nike shoes is just, that's a, that's a travesty. Yeah. You know him, Travis. Mm-hmm. Travis T. Yeah. Well, no one. People don't really call him by his, you know, oh, full name. His, gotcha. People don't even really know his last name, so they just call him Travis T. Uh, so yeah, I'm 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 Nike guy. Uh, okay. You're you're not super like brand loyal. You're kind of oh, all I, over the place, right? I am all over the place. Yeah. I am. What shoe looks good? Is that inti- is that intentional or just kind of has happened that way? It just kind of happens. I'll yeah. find myself like, oh, I really like the shoe, and then that company would like. I have, for in high school, I basically only ran Nikes. They mm-hmm. had the Nike Pre, mm-hmm. which is a great shoe. It was mm-hmm. kind of the pre-runner to... Uh, pre-runner? Peg? Uh, no, not no. the Peg. Uh, the Peg was OG. Yeah, yeah um, it's been around for a while. The uh, Nike Freeze. The Pre was the the pre was the pre was pre-runner to the precursor Nike to the Nike Freeze? Yeah. Nice. Um, and then I got in the Pegs, got in the Peg 28, okay. and loved it. Yeah. And then the Peg 28 turned to the Peg 29, the peg twenty nine is when they went ugly. Is that when? Is that the shoe we were looking at the other day? Yeah, with but the, it's the the that was the Oregon Track Club. Well, that was um, one of the, that was one editions of it, but the original one right. was a gray with a highlighter green, fake fly wire. Jacob Tonda wore them um, <laughs> nice. because that was the shoe that runners. That was one of the options that runners gave us um, that we uh, could okay, get cool. from school. Nice. Um, and he chose the peg, and I tried it on. And I said, "I don't like this shoe. I don't like it's not the it's not the twenty eight. So they were like faux fly wires. Yeah, they were. It was like plastic. Like it was. It was like a soft plastic, but it wasn't real fly wire. Keep yeah. talking. I'm looking. Yeah, this yeah. Up. Um, so right now, I have no brand loyalty. I am up for the lowest bidder, um, simply because that means I don't like to spend money on machines. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so shout out to Mike Rush. Got us some seed shoes from Saucony. Saucony Tempest. Yes, that's the one. Not a good looking. That's it. Show. It's ugly. Not a good looking shoe. Um, and it just was garbage. It was a garbage peg. For those of you uh, watching at home, you will also not see Peter on your phone because we don't have anyone actually watching. But for those of you <laughs> listening uh, via podcast, Peter googled the Pegasus Twenty Nine, and it was the ugliest shoe in the world. Yeah, Google just Google Nike Pegasus Twenty Nine, and uh, then scroll. And down then look and up the Twenty Eight, and look how beautiful of a shoe that is. Oh, good. Lord, it is a beauty. Um, that guy? Hmm. Yeah, this this is teal one. That that's uh-huh. got the flywire stuff you're talking about. No, that's got real flywire. Oh, that's real flywire. Yeah, it was okay. the actual like soft like what the Nike Victories had and the Nike Matumbos had. Yeah. Um, this is great podcast content. Right yes, now. great ear. Yeah. Stuff. Um, <laughs> So, you know, they, we told them what to look up so that yeah. they could be looking, looking it up with, it with us. us. It's a teal version of the Nike Pegasus 28s. Yeah, see, I had that gray and blue version. Um, mm-hmm. 
They they do. I mean, obviously, over the years, the Pegasus have gotten yes. lighter and lighter. These look heavy. These look clunky. Like uh, even the upper material looks. It was uh, actually surprisingly light. But doesn't I mean it looks that looks clunky. I mean a little bit, but for, be it there, remember for the time it yeah, wasn't yeah, clunky. Yeah, yeah. But right now, yeah, in today's it would be like funny. I don't want to compare it to any brands. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, no, I'm running the Tempest, running the Boston from Adidas. Yeah. I've got the Nike Invincible on Super Easy Days. Just whatever. Yeah, um, I've got no. No brand loyalty. Yeah. I like Nike tights. I like Adidas tights. Mm-hmm. Whatever is on my legs and it's not going to give me a rash. Ben, next question. Answer. Uh, when you think of runners uh, that have tattoos, Ooh. Mm, how do I ask this question? Ben, when you think of... Other runners. Who have no, tattoos. just like uh, trendy tattoos in the running world. What oh, do you no. like the most? Does that make sense? Yeah, like if there are if for tattoos that are trending in the running world over the years, doesn't have to be uh, current. Okay, uh, I really like the Olympic rings trend. Okay, so then follow that up. Is there a location on the body that you like the that you like the Olympic rings being more than other places? Ooh, um, I kind of not allowed to say armpit. Oh, well, go ahead. Thankfully, I you did. I yeah. was looking that way. Yeah. But I do like it on the like the shoulder blade. So left shoulder blade or either or either one. Okay. Either one. Uh, so when you've got your singlet on, mm-hmm. uh, the people behind you can see that you're a racing Olympian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you can easily hide it. But also, um, the ankle is good. It's just like a subtle Olympic rings on your ankle. Mm-hmm. Um, one guy had a, there was one Olympic tattoo. I don't remember who it was, but I saw him at the World Champs this year. His whole back was just the Olympic rings. Huh. And I was like, that's a little much. Still horizontal? Uh, it was more like the, the sometimes you know how when you scrunch them together, they're kind of like mm-hmm. under, over, under, over, under, yeah. over, under. Three, three with two underneath? Yes. Uh-huh. And, but that was like on his whole, most of his back. Yeah. And that was a little much. Yeah. Um, too big. Too big. I really like when, I like the tattoo that is visible when you're wearing split shorts. Ooh. So on the, on kind of what, the hip? That'd be yeah, the hip. hip. Oh, you mean like this one? Oh, oh that exactly. <laughs> for, uh, for podcast okay. listeners, okay. I've, got a, I've got a tattoo on my right. Yeah, um, you can't Google that. No, I bet you could. I bet it's somewhere on the internet. Sure. Um, ben Ledbetter, <laughs> hip tattoo. Yes. <laughs> if, you, if you touch your hip bone and then go literally a micrometer below it mm-hmm. uh, is this top of a tattoo that I have and it goes to roughly the a third of my thigh yeah um, yeah just just somewhere in that region where where when you're wearing split shorts so you wouldn't be able to see it if you were wearing tights right um, now but I like I like the the split short I feel like maybe Cole Hawker has one there I don't think Cole Hawker has any tattoos no I don't think so. Okay, but, Cole, Cole, text us. Let us know if you have any tattoos. A lot of the like Wisco guys mm-hmm. have the Badger there. Mm-hmm. Ben Blankenship has his OTC mm-hmm. flag there. I really Rory like. Rory Linkletter's got his um, Canadian flag there. That's sweet. Yeah, I really like the I like the Razorback Ooh. on the ankle. Oh. I remember my mom took a photo. At Missouri State Championships, my senior year, she saw what either was a recruiter or maybe just a former Arkansas runner that happened to be in the stands. She took a photo of him sitting down, and uh, and he had uh, a Razorback on his right ankle, and that that's, is, that's just really cool. I think obviously because of Arkansas's like 
storied history. Um, thank you, John McDonald. Thank you, Cash. Uh, yeah, just that 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 logo is sweet, and yeah. when you see it on someone's ankle, you're like, oh, I bet you were fast. Yep. I'm always a big fan of team uh, tat like team icon or mascot tattoos mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. it is, whether it's the oh. Uh, What's his face that runs at the very nice track club? Mason Furlick has got the Michigan M on his side up there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, totally. Then, uh, follow-up question. Ooh. Uh, sorry to double you up. No, I um, love it. Because If like you it. were to get a tattoo tomorrow that was at least loosely based on running, what would you get and where would you get it? Um, great question. Thank you. Uh, I, if I was getting one tomorrow, ooh, it's tomorrow, Tuesday. And would you want it? To be only you had that t- t- tattoo, or would you want like old CCU teammates to get it with you, or would you rush running coworkers mm. like getting it type thing? So um I ooh ooh <laughs> I'm getting some ideas here. Um I've always so if you know tattoo styles, mm-hmm. you have traditional. Tattoos, mm-hmm. uh, very bold lines, um, lots of color, mm-hmm. very uh, basic but detailed at the same time. It's it's okay. a beautiful type of tattoo. Um, so I would get a traditional styled art okay. of um, some. Uh, oh, I'm trying to think of how this would look sweet without being super cheesy. Hmm. Um, I guess it would be like. Uh, a, a skeleton hand holding a pair of laces. So there'd be either a Grim Reaper or just like a skeleton hand mm-hmm. holding uh, laces with uh, running spikes coming down. Okay. Um, and it would say, until death do, do us part. Okay. Uh, kind of like wrapped around as a ribbon. Uh-huh. And I think that would be pretty sweet. So like running until death do us part? Yeah. yeah. That's actually kind of cool. <laughs> Did you just come up with that? Yeah. Right? Golly, you're ridiculous. <laughs> That's fun. I mean, you would want you like that would be a solo tattoo. It's not like you and your CCU boys or you and if they wanted, I would be like, oh, bro, I came up with this cool idea, but it's not like a yeah. CCU thing. Yeah, it's great. Definitely be more of a me thing. Yeah. Um, I, um, I'm trying to think. Would I get a CCU logo? Probably not. Yeah. If I found something that would be like a little less subtle than just like the CCU cougar on my leg, mm-hmm. I'd probably get something for the boys. Yeah. Get Family Guy on my leg from Shapoopy days. Shapoopy. You weren't around for there. Uh, I miss Shapoopy. Um, uh, it was a good time. Yeah. Um. Let's see, Peter. Last question for you. You have a plane ticket to anywhere tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to go on a running trip. Yeah, it's two days. Where do you go? Uh, I go down to. Oh, I'm I'm gonna not remember this well. Uh, who's the tribe down in South oh, America? I never read the book because everyone always told me to do it. Dang it, Ben. I know. Um, the Taramahara tribe. Born to Run. Yeah, from the book Born to Run. Uh, I forget if they're in Central America or in South America. Um, But, you know, split second uh, answer to your question, I would go down there and I would run for two days with them. Hmm. Interesting. Um, So uh, someone can can text in and uh, help us remember exactly where they're from. Ooh, is that our giveaway for the week? Uh, The person who texts in and tells us where they're from gets a free copy of Born to Run. Yeah. And also, if someone texts in, then you have to read the book. Dang it. Don't text in. <laughs> don't do it. Uh, you, you, you know, it's not like you're going to love it or anything. So, yeah, don't, you know, it's, it's not okay. like a big deal. Well, don't don't I... feel like you have to read it. Okay. It's not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
It's worth it. We'll just leave it at that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I actually, my trip to, did you know I went on a road trip from Fayetteville to Bellingham, Washington, just north of Seattle, uh, like three or four years ago, <laughs> hand motion <laughs> uh, northward. Did you know I went on that trip? No. Okay. We can talk about it in detail later on, but I went on a road trip purely to go run and ride somewhere I hadn't been before. Cool. Uh, that was born out of reading mm. this book. That book, I finished it. I was like, I need to run across the entire world. <laughs> and um, and I didn't have the money at the time to go some to some other country. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to go somewhere else here in the U.S. Cool. And I then was just like, I'm going to find a cool Airbnb in some location and I've never been to the, the Pacific Northwest, and so I found this really sick like treehouse, and uh, was there for three days, and ran a lot, rode my bike a lot, and just spent time alone. And as a result of reading this book, that's awesome. So, um, just personal story as to why that book is is worth someone's time. Yeah. So. You kind of lived what my only and I don't have many regrets in life. And nor rugrats. I don't have a lot of rugrats either. I have one rugrat right now, though. You do have a single rugrat. Yeah, one little rugrat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but can we please, in that moment, like we probably just need to like the theme song from Rugrats just in the background. One hundred percent. Tommy's kind of close. Somewhere I feel like slightly off. Anyway, no. I my only regret my senior year of college. I told my mom I was going to go on a trip. Um, I think for spring break, I was like, "Hey, Brittany's not flying me out to Hawaii this year because boohoo me, she doesn't she doesn't live in Hawaii anymore, mm-hmm. so she can fly me out." But I was like, "I'm gonna go to Flagstaff, Arizona, and just spend spring break by myself, mm-hmm. in just one. It, it's the the Boulder of Arizona. It's mm-hmm. the the almost sometimes some people would say the better Boulder, but I wouldn't say that. Yeah, the because the OACs in Boulder, so forever uh, Boulder Bros. Yeah, because I ran them all the time. Not really. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, um, but my mom said no, and I was like, Mom, I'm a senior in college. You can't tell me what I can and can't do, but I was a good boy, and so I was like, Mom said no. Were there other people going to Flagstaff? No, just me. But everyone else was going to California that year, and I was like, ah. That would have been really cool. I know. It would have been so fun. Like, I I had, I still sometimes have dreams of, like, I could have just been going. I sit at a coffee shop. I see the NAZ guys. Oh, well, now I'm going to go run somewhere else. Oh, there's the NEU boys. Oh, there's... Uh, how about this? If someone writes in mm-hmm. and gives us the location of the Tara Mahara, instead okay. of you having to read the book, then you at least have to have a conversation with your wife about whether or not you and I can go on a three, four day trip to Flagstaff. Ooh, I like that. Please write in. Yeah. I'll also read the book. I'll add it on there. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Done. Love it. Pretty good challenge. That's a pretty good one. All right. Brunchers, is that what we call them? Ah, uh, you know, you guys, Brunchies. why don't you, that's another uh, bit of homework for y'all. You guys can write in and tell us what you want to be called. At the beginning of this episode, they were called Brunchters. Ah, uh, the Brunchters. So, um, maybe just Brunch Fist Club? <laughs> you guys can be whatever you want to be called. Let us know what you'd like to be named, and uh, we'll go from there. Cool. Great talking to you guys, Peter. Always a pleasure. Bye. Bye. Bye.